Welcome to Own It from Women Lead Change. I'm Tiffany O'Donnell, the CEO of Women Lead Change. On today's episode, we'll talk with Michelle Bates, who is a transformational business and technology executive with more than 25 years of experience across multiple industries and market segments. An accountant by trade, Michelle took a turn into technology. She's passionate about leveraging technology to drive business outcomes and innovation to achieve strategic and operational results. Today, Michelle is founder and CEO of Sky Prairie Inc. Michelle Bates, thank you so much for joining us on the Own It podcast. Oh, well, Tiffany, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and I always love the opportunity to, you know, get to sit down and chat with you. I appreciate that. And I was trying to remember when I first met you and I think it was when you were, you had launched Blue Prairie. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. I think it was uh, end of 2015, beginning of 2016, right after I started the company. Wow. And that was an exciting time. It was. Yeah. It was exciting, terrifying, all of those (laughs) feels that you're supposed to have as a founder. I had them all. (laughs) Yeah. Let's tell our listeners a little bit about your background because you're you're just kind of just an Iowa kid, right? I I am, right? I'm an Iowa girl. So um, I was born and raised in Kelowna, Iowa, right? I'm a girl from the land of the Amish uh, who ended up working in technology, which feels like it's a story in and of itself, right? Uh Um, But, you know, uh, went to Iowa State, uh, got a degree, uh, started in the accounting program, transferred to the University of Houston, um, because that was the place that you went, you know, back in the way back machine when you wanted to be an accountant was to the University of Houston. Uh, and then ultimately, when we wanted to have a family, came back to the great state of Iowa and went to work for uh, my dad's insurance agency. Uh, and he had a small insurance agency and had more paperwork than he was tall and decided <laughs> he needed to put in a, uh, you know, some technology. So my brother and I helped him with, with that. And it was the launch into, you know, what's now been a 25 plus year career in tech. And I've loved every bit of it. So, you know, I've worked for great companies in the state of Iowa, companies like H&I Corporation, Pfizer, the Freedom Group. Uh, Collins Aerospace, and then, you know, my own organization, and then uh, was recently at Avolta in Cedar Rapids as well, rapidly growing technology company. So I've had a great ride. Okay, so accounting to technology, you've got to help us here. (laughs) How'd that happen? yeah, when uh, when we had to put in the policy system in my dad's office, he needed a way to be able to, uh, you know, improve billing, um, to record, to move away from manual files for all the customers. So we put in a policy automation system, which allowed us to do billing and then did all the things that make an accountant's heart sing, right? And improved operating margins uh, and allowed the business to grow with less overhead. So, you know, the business was in place for 55 years. Um, and my brother then was second generation and he recently retired uh, and things two years ago. So yeah, just really the imp- I was able to see the impact that technology could have even on a small business in terms of the growth and the enablement and, and that type of thing. And so really, really fortunate to be able to kind of watch that journey. And then lo and behold, the company whose software we had put in place opened a call center in Coralville, Iowa, <laughs> out of the blue. It was a company out of Chicago. And they opened a call center and did a mass hiring of 60 people. And I was the only person out of the 60 that had ever seen the software. So I started in a leadership role with them um, right out of the gate. So, um, and that really was a jump off. And so thankful, right, that I answered that ad at the back yep. of the press citizen, right? Because 
you know, back in those days, that's how, that's how job postings were made. And uh, yeah, and it was just a, it was a great ride and really super thankful for, you know, the, the journey that it's taken me on. Well, and then, then the journey to entrepreneur, what was, what, what prompted you to, to jump off and do something like that on your own? Well, you know, it's so interesting. I was the only person in my family that had never owned their own business. My dad had owned the insurance agency. My oldest brother owns a business in, in Marianne, Iowa called DNR Automotive. Um, my other brother had taken over the family business. My mom was an entrepreneur and, and a small business owner. She, my mom was a cleaning lady um, and, you know, had an independent business. And I'd been thinking about it for a long time. And in uh, the summer of 2015, um, my dad was ill and, you know, I'd been talking with him about it. And, you know, he said, why aren't you doing this? You've really kind of been running businesses, just not your own, for other people for a long time. What makes you think you can't do it? Um, and he said something to me that was really, I think, paramount and a turning point in my career. He said, if you don't have faith in yourself, no one else is going to have faith in you. You can do this. And so ended up starting my own company in the fall of 2015 and was blessed to grow it pretty quickly. We did consulting um, for businesses in the mid-market, teaching them how to use this infamous thing called the cloud or what is the cloud and putting strategies in place and grew up pretty quickly. And then um, my friend Bruce Lehrman knocked on my door and said, hey, uh, we have common customers. How about if we bring these businesses together? And we did that then in the fall of 2018. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what a journey, Michelle. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a lot of fun. You know, I'm so thankful. Um, the great thing about technology is it forces you to change and to adapt because it just moves so quickly. Um, when I started my career, I think our pace of change was about every seven years. And now we're in cycles of about every 18 months and it's getting more and more rapid. Um, so just being able to ride that wave has, has been terrific. Well, and I, I'm wondering just how many of Michelle's are out there. I mean, I, I say that as a woman, as an out woman um, yeah. in the tech world, you know, what, how did that all play into your journey here or, or did it? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think throughout my entire career, you know, I've made a, I made a pretty conscious choice, you know, after I came out in 1997, 1998 to make sure that I was always living authentically really as much for my two daughters as for myself. Right. Um, I always wanted them to be proud of who they were. And I felt like if I didn't, you know, try to, you know, actively demonstrate that and show that to them, um, that it wouldn't be an authentic journey for them uh, either. So, you know, um, being out in tech, one of the things I am thankful for is it's really a pretty affirming industry. Um, you know, all companies have their journey, uh, you know, diversity, inclusion, engagement, all have, you know, different journeys for different companies. Um, but I've been really fortunate, not always has it been easy, but I've been fortunate that there have always been um, efforts for the journey to be in place and for roads for me to be able to walk. And then when I started my own company, that was equally as important. And uh, when I sold Blue Prairie to Involta, it was important that I found a home where that could continue for me and and my employees and stuff as well. So it's, you know, again, it's been one of those things where I feel like representation matters and I have a responsibility in that representation to, to show LGBTQ plus youth that they have a place in this world, right? Mm -hmm. And especially the tech industry, 
um, it's a great place for them to be, to grow, to be creative, you know, to, you know, embrace who they are and bring that diversity of person and diversity of thought to the table to just come up with really good services and solutions. Yeah. How about that? How about the job? You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how about that? Let's just talk about that. <laughs> Doing amazing work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's incredible. Isn't that, isn't that a concept? Um, but you, so you said you grew up in Kelowna. Um, yes. You know, let's just take a step back and coming out. Was that a, was that a challenge? I mean, I don't, I don't know Kelowna that well. I'm yeah. just like, I think, you know, typical small Iowa town, Yeah. you know, town yeah. square, you know, what, what was this like? Well, I mean, it was, you know, I mean, Kelowna is one of the um, largest Amish and Mennonite communities west of the Mississippi River. And so it's a really wonderful, gracious community. It's a place where, you know, people rally in times of challenge, um, but it's definitely, you know, it's based in, in Christian faith and Christian, you know, beliefs. And, you know, even for me, one of the biggest challenges was for me reconciling my faith uh, in terms of what that meant to, you know, to, to be gay. Um, so there were definitely challenges. There were people who walked away, family members who walked away. Um, but my choice has always been to focus on the people that stayed, the people that were there, the people that, you know, um, I was blessed to have surround me, uh, and, you know, really be part of my lift up team (laughs) when, when times were hard, um, and who most importantly embraced, you know, our daughters, um, and embraced the girls and gave them a safe place. And so, you know, I, I believe in spirit and intent, you know, for, for people. And, you know, I choose to believe the best in people. And sometimes you just have to keep showing up, showing up to show them maybe what gay looks like or to help change perceptions. Um, and so my job was to just keep showing up even when it was hard. Um, and it led to amazing things and, you know, reconciliations and, you know, all of that stuff. Um, because at the end of the day, success is based on relationships, right? The definition of success in life is the collections of souls that you have been able to keep over the course of your journey, right? Who are still willing yeah. to walk with you. I love that. I love that. And, and tell us about your family today. You've got some exciting stuff. <laughs> yes. So um, my partner, Ann, and I, and we've been together for 21 years. We have two amazing daughters um, and we, you know, co-parent with the girl's dad and his wife really well. Um, and, you know, both of our daughters are married and, you know, we are two for two. Uh, you know, our youngest daughter was part of the whole, you know, kind of COVID thing that happened last year with weddings being delayed. So, so they had a, a legal um, wedding last year, but about to have a, a really exciting um, event coming up here the middle of August oh. to actually just celebrate, right? Their, yeah. their perseverance as a young couple of going through a pandemic and things together. And, you know, we have an 18 month old, you know, granddaughter um, who is just the absolute joy and, you know, light of our lives. And so I mean, we're just so blessed in so many ways. Wow. Congratulations on all of it, by the way. Thank you. You know, you make the journey sound, I know for those listening, it might sound easy, but I have no doubt, I have no doubt that, uh, you know, you've had moments in there. (laughs) Well, it it takes a little bit of grit, Tiffany. (laughs) I I have no doubt. I have no doubt. Um, Talking a little bit about um, technology, since we have you as as a guru here, how how do you feel like technology has, you know, transformed our world, maybe in good and bad ways? Yeah. 
You know, it's, it's so interesting. We've gotten to this place where it's so embedded in our daily lives, right? And in many ways, so incredibly necessary. And I think if the pandemic taught us nothing last year, it was how incredibly important technology is to be able to enable education, to be able to, you know, keep people connected when all of a sudden we can't come together in a, in a physical type of a way. So, um, you know, I think we're doing great things in, in technology. I'm still a person of, I believe in the concept of balance, especially for kids, right? Um, I believe that getting outside and playing in the dirt is equally as important as, you know, having a gadget. Um, but it creates really great experiences for us through technology, right? There are personalization that comes along with that. There's personalization that comes along in healthcare, where now we can get to, you know, places where treatments are really individual based. Um, you know, I, I dream of the day, quite honestly, where technology is even more pervasive and it just lets humans get back to being humans together. Technology can do more so that people have the ability to connect more. And that's when I think we've really kind of reached that utopian state of, you know, what can technology mean for us? Overwhelmed by data? The Master of Business Analytics program at Iowa State University can help with that. Their program will teach you how to organize your data and use it to drive decisions, taking you from down and out to the data-driven top dog. The program is 100% online, it's customizable, Plus, there's no entrance exam. If you're ready to make your data work for you, visit ivybusiness.iastate.edu for more information. You are such an achiever, and I'm wondering how you find balance. Well, for me, balance comes in the form of getting outside. I do a lot of hiking, right? Um, Getting out to clear my head, just be thankful for nature and thankful for what's around us. Um, and making sure that I'm focusing on some of that, um, certainly spending time, you know, with my family. You know, the great thing about having kids is they keep you humble, right? Even though you That's might be sure. having, right, some of those career successes and things like that. At the end of the day, you're still just mom and they have the ability to just keep you grounded, right, in such a wonderful way. Um, you know, and I think for, you know, for us, you know, we Um, spending time with family is really important. So, you know, we have a daughter in Dallas, a daughter in Denver, you know, our granddaughter is in Dallas. So making sure that we make time for those things and really kind of focus on what we feel is, you know, the most important thing, which is, which is family. Yeah, for sure. There's been a lot of talk about mental health, um, you know, following, following the pandemic and, um, and then the Olympics, we've had Simone Biles really come out and talk about that. Um, You know, how, how do you see that playing into into tech? Does tech have a role in that? Yeah, I mean, because I think it can can alleviate some burdens, right, in some ways. And again, even, you know, last year as we, it was such a difficult year and being able to watch, so um, both of our daughters are nurses. We have a son-in-law who's a firefighter and paramedic. My my wife, Anne, is a, you know, physical therapist. Being able to watch the commitment of people like our healthcare workers and, you know, our teachers, being able to see that at least technology could give them a little bit of grace and stuff last year and whether or not that grace came in, um, you know, nurses being able to connect, uh, you know, patients with their families because they couldn't come to visit 
or whether or not it was uh, technology helping to enable, uh, you know, our teachers to be able to connect with their students to give kids some form of normalcy. Um, I do think we saw a, a really great blend of that. Um, now, granted, we all got zoomed out, right? Uh, right. Stuff last yes. year, so you had to make sure that you were stepping away from it. Um, but I do think it was an enabler um, to be able to help, especially those folks who were really working on all of our, our behalf. And, you know, we saw technology play out in the speed and um, expedition of, you know, vaccines being created at a rate that they have never been um, created before. And I think that's really the blessing of technology is when it helps to enable humanity in a different way. That's awesome. Now you have now made another move. So entrepreneuring again you want to give us a little idea into first of all first of all what was the genesis of that and, and what are your hopes and dreams for this new chapter right so um i'd always you know when uh, bruce and i had the conversation and, and stuff in uh 2015 about their or 2018 about the acquisition of the company i'd always had ann and i had always had very defined goals about how we wanted to spend certain chapters of our life um, and, you know, I'd always said in my 55th year, I want to be able to kind of step back and just do things that are more kind of personal and one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, and so June 11th of this year, I left my role as the chief innovation officer and stuff at Involta, but I'm still an investor in the company. I'm still connected to all those good humans and certainly will be and um, believe in the mission of the company. But now I have kind of stepped back to um, just doing some things part time on my own and exploring what does this chapter look like. Um, obviously, I'm passionate about technology, but I'm equally as passionate about leadership, entrepreneurship. I do a lot with um, the University of Iowa and the JPEC program in terms of, you know, working with founders and coaching founders. Um, and also a lot of philanthropic work. Um, so I do work with One Iowa. Uh, which is our, you know, state LGBTQ plus uh, organization, as well as the Technology Association of Iowa. And uh, so now it's a chance to just kind of intersect all those things that I that I love between leadership and the philanthropy and maybe bring it to, to light in a new way. Um, I'm going to be working uh, in partnership with TAI and my dear friend Dave Tucker, who is at Next Level uh, Ventures out of Des Moines, and we're going to be acting as the executive, uh, executives in residence for the new Technology Leadership of Iowa program. Awesome. Really, really helping to raise the next generation of, you know, leaders in tech uh, across the state so that, you know, we can create opportunity, we can show people, you know, what you need to do to kind of grow to the next level, um, you know, which plays into helping to drive personal growth for folks as well as economic growth within the state. You know, we've heard the term Silicon Prairie. Yeah. Um, is that still true? Is that something we need to embrace? How are we doing? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we're doing great, right? I mean, we've, we've had some really amazing companies that, you know, have been coming out of the, you know, the state of Iowa, you know, whether it's organizations like Workiva, whether it's organizations, you know, here in our backyard, like Metarev or in Volta, who are then starting to have national presence and in many instances, global presence, you know, our fintech startups and our edtech startups, Iowa City is doing a lot with the edtech startup space. At Nuboco is really doing some terrific things as it relates to, you know, how do we think about education differently for folks who may want to make a transitional career uh, and stuff and go into technology, but they don't necessarily have a, you know, a, a path or desire to do a full four-year degree. There's great Delta ways v. to be able to get, 
Delta V, Delta V Delta Cold v. School, right, is is terrific, Incredible. right? I mean, there's there's great things going on, and I think we're just kind of starting to hit our stride. Um, and I think we're going to see more and more of that with tech being one of the fastest growing industries uh, in in the state. Is there a, a a part of the state that's doing better in this area? Or are we? I think Des Moines has always kind of been the hub in some ways, just because it's been easier, right? You have larger, you know, groups of people, but we're really starting to see that branch out a lot more and stuff um, into the Eastern side of the state, the Northern side of the state, as well as the West. Uh, And there've been some pretty, you know, I would say targeted efforts to help in that process as well. One of the things that I appreciate about TAI is this year we did, uh, they did some roadshow things where they went to five different cities across the state talking about technology um, and talking about, you know, what's happening with kind of key speakers. Um, And I was fortunate actually to be able to participate um, in that up in Decorah this last Friday. So I think the more that we actually take ourselves out of the urban areas and into the rural areas, the more that we're going to see that expansion um, begin to occur. That's, you know, because I do feel like, you know, tech has the opportunity to be the great equalizer. Mm-hmm. Just because of the, just because of how it works, right? You know, right? You know, as it relates, which is kind of my next question here, um, the great equalizer. That being said, you know, we've heard that female entrepreneurs sometimes have you know challenges in in, in getting capital, um, you know, other sort of systemic challenges. Have you? Do you see that? Do have you seen that on your journey? And if so, you know, how have you handled it, and how you are help? How are you going to help others to kind of get past that? Yeah, and I think it's um, I, I think it's definitely true. I think we see um, really all underrepresented populations having a more difficult time with access to capital. Um, you see, uh, you know, investment groups and VC funds, um, you know, opening up all across the all across the country that are much more targeted now at underrepresented populations. And I think it's incredibly important to to do that. Um, as we look at some of the work that Nuboco is doing in the Cedar Rapids area with access to, you know, Kiva funding uh, and things like that, which allows kind of small microloans and, and things to, uh, you know, to, to founders, I think it's important. But for me, one of the areas that, you know, I do have an emphasis in being able to give back uh, is the work I do um, affiliated with the university. And Ann and I had established a small uh, fund um, that you know, we give a certain number of dollars and stuff each year to underrepresented populations, whether or not it's female founders, whether or not it's LGBTQ plus folks, um, and helping to kind of spearhead some of that. And then and I'm fortunate to be able to continue to work and coach uh, people like that. So great example, a young woman by the name of Erica Cole. Erica is a below uh, the knee amputee, and she has started a company called No Limits which is really an adaptive clothing line uh, and stuff for folks who are either seated wheelchair, you know, needs for transition or uh, folks who are amputees or folks with sensory issues. And so she's just been going through, you know, her funding rounds, her first funding rounds, but also being able to connect her to the network of folks that I might have that she can leverage. Um, So it's examples of those types of things. That's what fills up my cup these days is being able to, you know, help people make connections and, you know, to, to continue, you know, down, down those paths. That is so great, Michelle. That's inspiring. It's well, for me personally, because I, I remember you, you know, initially, you know, pitching your very first, 
you know, idea. I think it was, I was, it was at a million cups type event and yeah, it's just so cool. It's just so cool to see how far you've come and how you, the ways that you're giving back, which prompts me to ask my next question. And what, what does success mean to you? Uh, success for me is really all about relationships, right? Cause I think that, yeah. you know, when we connect people, um, you know, together and when we establish those relationships, um, even though I've always been in technology, you know, I've always talked about the fact that everything starts with people, um, getting to know people, connecting people. Um, it will be my relationships that define my success and not in terms of the who's who uh, that, you know, right. In terms of a, you know, a celebrity uh, relationship, but it's just about good people connecting with other people good people to do really great work, right? Because it starts to magnify when you do that. So Absolutely. I hope that's what happens. I love that. Um, if you had to, if you had to call out one superpower that you have, whether it's something that was always a good thing, whether it was something that might've been a challenge <laughs> at one point and you say, Hey, that's actually a superpower. <laughs> what would that be? You know, it's, it's funny. I was with uh, one of my, um, best friends, her name, her name is uh, Dorothea Henderson a few weeks ago. Um, and Dory's a woman in tech. Uh, and she was talking about, she told someone that she felt that um, my superpower is leadership um, and leading with empathy and accountability. And, you know, for me that it's such an interesting thing because for me, leadership I didn't really know what it was. Even when I was a kid, I was in seventh or eighth grade, um, Tiffany, and we had a special talent program at my middle school. And I was nominated for this special talent program. Um, but I was really upset because I wasn't nominated for sports or art or music. I was nominated for leadership and I had no idea what that was. <laughs> I literally had no idea what that meant. Um, you know, but I think as I have gone along on my journey, it really goes back kind of to that definition of success is being able to work and empower and work through others. Um, so, you know, I hope it's, I hope it's leadership. Um, but I think, it, I think it is. And so many other things, truthfully, I asked you to only pick one. So that's, a, that's a great one, though. But you are such a, you know, kind, empathetic, and, you know, um, I would say quiet leader, approachable, you know, accessible. Um, like you said, it's not about the celebrity, it's the connecting in the relationships. And I've seen that firsthand. So what a pleasure. What a pleasure it's been to connect with you on the Own It podcast, because you're owning that. And a whole <laughs> bunch of other stuff too, sister. Oh, well, I appreciate the opportunity to, you know, to, to be here. And, you know, I look forward to, you know, having a lot more adventures with you in the future, Tiffany, I for can't, sure. I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait. Thanks so much, Michelle. Be well, my friend. All right. You as well. I don't know about you, but my money is always on a farm kid. So great to hear your story, Michelle. Thank you so much. This may be the finale of season two of Own It, but you will still have plenty of opportunities to get your Women Lead Change fix. We have workshops this month and conferences in the Quad Cities and Des Moines with hybrid options. Buy your tickets at wlcglobal.org. Thank you to our sponsor, Iowa State University's Ivy College of Business. Follow Women Lead Change on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn.
please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it so much. More information and tickets can be found on wlcglobal.org.